Hey everybody, welcome back. You're listening to The Blodgett Show. I want to thank you all for tuning in and I want to welcome you guys to the very first edition of Storytime Friday. Once again guys, welcome. Appreciate you being here. This week's story is called The Guy Who Dreamed of More. Once upon a time, there was a man that dreamed that there would be more to his life. He was already in his 40s and had been through so much, yet he was not as far along in life as he would have expected he would be by now. Even though he was married and had kids and even had a grandkid, he was still renting after many years of being married. He had friends that weren't even married and already owned a house. I know the way I began this story might be a bit confusing, so let me back up a little bit and give you all a little bit of a backstory. The man's name is Michael, and like I mentioned earlier, he's over 40 years old. He went to school in a little town in Nebraska and was very active during his teenage years. When he was not even 12, he was extremely active as a soccer referee. He had a couple of friends that uh, had joined up with him to form a soccer referee crew and had started going to different tournaments all over Nebraska and even a few places in Iowa to referee soccer matches. It was something that made him really happy. He loved soccer. He was also a player and was coached by his dad. The soccer tournaments were pretty intense. Usually they consisted of, consisted of at least 15 games or more that he and his crew officiated. By the end of it, Michael's feet were hurting really bad. There was even one game where he had put his feet in an ice bath right after the game. When he went to stand up afterwards, he pulled his feet out and he almost fell on his face. One of the games that he had officiated, there was a dad that was upset with the way that Michael was calling the game and was extremely vocal on the sidelines. Michael gave him quite a few warnings and yet the dad kept yelling and screaming at him from the sidelines. Michael is not a very angry guy for the most part. Usually he could hold his temper, hear parents complain, deal with out of control players and still manage to keep his cool. That day, however, he was hot, sweaty, and tired. And his and this dad had pushed him to the point where, quite frankly, it had pissed him off, so he finally lost it. After the dad had screamed at him probably for the 25th time, Michael blew the whistle and stopped the game. He walked over to the sideline where the dad was at, and he pointed to the parking lot and said, you have 60 seconds to leave this field or this game is terminated. Now, keep in mind, the angry dad's son the angry dad's son's team was the one that was currently losing in the game. They were down They were down by two goals, and it was still only the first half of the game. There were still another 15 minutes left of the first half, and still another second half to go. The dad puffed up his chest and tried to act tough with Michael and say, You can't do that. I can say whatever I want. Michael just smiled at him and said, You're right. You can say whatever you want. However, as the officiating referee of this match, I am well within my rights to call this game early, especially if there's something or someone causing a disturbance. The dad again said, you have no right to kick me out. If I want to stay, then I'll stay. Michael again smiled and said, well, sir, again, you are correct. If you want to stay, then you may indeed stay. However, you now have 15 seconds to leave. At that point, I will signal that this game is over and the current score will be the final score. Being in the last five to 10 seconds, the dad grunted and turned and walked away. 
Michael, being as stubborn as he was, stood there and watched the dad walk away. The dad stopped at one point and turned around, probably wondering if he could get away without going too far. Upon seeing Michael still watching him, though, he sighed and completely left the area. His son was playing in the game after all, and he would look really bad if he if he was the reason that his son that his son's team had lost the game. When Michael was satisfied that the dad had gone far enough away, he grabbed the ball, blew the whistle, and resumed the game. A few years later, when he was in high school, he began a long-distance relationship with a girl named Lorena. He was actually introduced to her by one of her cousins that went to school with Michael. The cousin's name was Kyla. The funny thing, though, was that initially in high school, Michael had the hots for Kyla. Michael and Kyla pretty much every day would chat on a chat program called ICQ on their computers. Michael, though, being a young teenage boy and having not dated anyone yet, had no clue how to talk to women. So one night when he was chatting with Kyla on ICQ, he made a comment that kind of screwed things up for him. They had been chatting for a long time that night. Michael said something that pissed Kyla off. She responded with, I can't help it that you're an asshole. Michael responded with, it's not my fault that you're a slut. At the time, Michael didn't even have any idea what the word slut even meant. He was just trying to be cool and not be outdone by Kyla. Kyla, however, was not happy with what he said and did not take Kylie to what Michael had said. Excuse me? She said. Go fuck yourself, Michael. Don't talk to me again, she said. Wait, I didn't mean... Michael began to respond, but Kyla had already disconnected from the chat. At that time, Michael had actually had a crush on, on Kyla, but when the incident in the chat happened, all of a sudden he was like, well, crap, what just happened? He tried to reach out to Kyla and apologize, but she wouldn't even take his calls. Passing by each other at school was a bit awkward because they would pass each other and Michael would look at Kyla as they walked past, but Kyla would basically just look the other way and ignore him. Before the incident in the chat had happened, he had really high hopes that he would end up with Kyla, but now he was sure he had really screwed it up. The following year was when he was on his famous computer and gotten a message from Kyla all of a sudden on ICQ. With a little bit of hope, he opened the message. Hey, Michael, how's it going? Kyla said. Oh, hey, Kai, what's up? Michael responded. I know we haven't talked for a while. I, I wanted to reach out to see how you were doing, and also I have somebody I want to introduce you to, Kyla said. Oh, Michael responded. There was a brief pause. Then Kyla added, yeah, I have a cousin that lives in Texas. Her name is Lorena. I think you two would really hit it off. I can add her to the to this chat if you like, and uh, you know if you think you'd be interested. The chat message blinked for probably five minutes while Michael read the last message Kyla wrote and thought about how he wanted to respond. After thinking about it for a bit, he thought about how Kyla really hadn't given him the time of day and thought, what the heck? So he responded, sure, let's do it. Kyla responded, awesome, I'll add her now. Suddenly, the ICQ chat dinged and it alerted that a new member had been added to the chat. A new message popped up. Hey, Michael, I'm Lorena. You can call me Lori. Kyla told me a little bit about you. It's nice to meet you. Michael leaned back in his computer chair as he saw Lori's message pop up. Being a sophomore, almost a junior by now in high school, he still wasn't sure what he wanted in life. Although he really had the hots for Kyla, he knew he had pretty much blown his chances with her. And here there was a chance with someone else, so he had to wonder, should I jump on this chance to find someone I might be happy with? Hey, Lori, nice to meet you. Obviously, you already know this from your cousin Kyla, but I'm Michael. Lori laughed. Yep, she's told me a little bit about you. Kyla chuckled and said, well, now that I've introduced you to, I'm going to exit the chat. Be good, you two. 
As the next two years of high school went by, Lori and Michael grew closer and closer. They even started to figure that they were involved in a romantic relationship. It wasn't easy for them to communicate. The only telephone communication they could have was when was when Michael had purchased a calling card for 20 bucks, which usually gave them about three hours of talk time. As the calling card ran out of minutes, he would get an audible message saying, you have two minutes of talk time remaining. Michael would then be like, ah, oh, crap, I just got the two-minute warning. Lawyer would respond, ah, oh, man, it sucks, babe. I miss you. Or, I'll miss you. I'll miss you, too. I can't wait till we can be together in person. I want you so much, Michael would say. I want you, too, baby doll, Lawyer would say. Before he knew it, graduation was upon him. He and Lori were still together, although they had broken up a few times throughout high school. The long-distance relationship had been too difficult, and there were a few times that she had broken up with him because she wanted to date someone else, and then after a few months, she came back and begged Michael to take her back. Every time, she said that the guy she hooked up with was a complete asshole, and Michael was the only man for her. Of course, Michael, having been head over heels for her and being a good guy, would just couldn't turn her away, so they got back together. One of the guys she got together with, after getting back with Michael again, she told him that this guy had pulled her into the bathroom and forced himself on her. She said she kicked him in the balls and told him that they were through before running out of the house and never talking to him again. After Lori and Michael were together again for a while, she fell for another guy named Brendan. She was head over heels for Michael, though, and didn't want to leave him, so she asked him if he, was, if he would be willing to share her with this other guy. Michael really loved Lori and didn't want to lose her again, so he agreed. It only lasted for a few weeks where Laurie was updating Michael and everything that she and Brendan were doing, and by that point, Michael couldn't take it anymore, so he broke it off. Things went on like this for a while throughout their high school days, and Laurie would come running back to Michael, and he, of course, would take her back. Then, after a little while, someone new would come along, and she would leave again. Michael, being the guy that he was, just figured that this was the way things were supposed to be, and he didn't find it. After high school, he and Lori ended up going to college together for about two semesters, and then Michael went with her back to Texas, where her family was because of some issues that had come up with his parents. They didn't really approve of his relationship with Lori. They got married, and Michael, having felt like Lori was the one for him, believed that things would be perfect. He thought for sure he would be happy. However, things didn't go as he had hoped. When he was in high school, before he even met Laurie, he'd imagined that whenever someone got into a serious relationship, that they would be completely happy. He believed that when somebody met who they felt was, quote, the one, that they would not have any regrets. In his mind, a perfect marriage was when both were happy and felt they were getting everything they wanted. Sadly, during the five years they were married, he really felt happy. For the first half of their marriage, they lived with Laurie's parents. They both worked full-time jobs. Michael worked in a bowling alley as a front desk worker who would check new bowlers in and take payments and then at the end of the shift would basically balance out the drawer. Working this job, he also did a few other jobs. One of them was called Concourse, which is basically the employee that cleaned up the bowling areas and put the balls back on the racks after customers had left. He would even work at the snack bar cooking burgers, fries, and serving something called Super Nachos, which consisted of tortilla chips, nacho cheese, lettuce, tomato, and meats, which is one of the customer's favorite things to order. After working for over two years at that bowling alley, Michael thought a fresh start would be good, so he recommended to Lori that they visit a few places and see where they might like to go. After visiting a few places, they decided to move to Evansville, Indiana. At first, they were really happy there. 
Lori got a job as a barista at Starbucks, and Michael got a seasonal job at Old Navy. They, they moved into a three-bedroom townhome, paying like 300 a month in rent, and everything seemed to be working out for, the, for a bit at first. After the holiday season, Michael got cut back to only one day a week, and things got a little tense. Lori and Michael had gotten to know a couple in out a couple out in Montana named Amber and Dan, and they had offered them both jobs if they moved out there. Michael wasn't working much since Old Navy had cut him, and uh, the job that Amber and Dan had offered them was paying them each $700 a week. So they decided to take them up on that offer and relocate out that way. Things seemed great for a while out in Montana. They had moved in with Amber and Dan, and the place they worked at seemed really good. The paychecks definitely made things really good for a while. Michael, being the optimist that he was and always looking to make things better, had high hopes. Things sort of started to fall apart between him and Lori, though. Michael and Lori, when they first got together, had sworn to each other that they didn't believe in divorce, so he was determined to make it work. At their workplace, he was a customer service rep and she was a tech support. And his, his shift started earlier than hers, and he got off before she did. He was constantly trying to think of how he could make things better between him and Lori, and so he would make plans to do romantic dinners with her where he would cook a meal from scratch. He would go out and get some wine, roses, and make a really big thing out of it. Then before leaving work, when Lori would still have like two or three hours left, he would let her know that he had something planned for them at home and give her a kiss goodbye. He would go home, make an entire meal from scratch, pour the wine, light the candles, set the table, have both his and her plates ready, and then wait patiently. Then after about an hour or so, he'd accept that Lori wasn't coming home. He'd eat his meal, drink both his and her wine, and blow out the candles, put all the leftover food away, clean up, and go to bed. The final straw for him was when he'd gone to bed thinking maybe things will be better tomorrow. He woke up in the middle of the night, realizing that Lori wasn't in bed with him went down the hall to one of the rooms that wasn't in use and peeked in and noticed that she would sleep in that room. The following week, they were scheduled to go to Michael's brother's wedding in Seattle. It was something that had been planned for over a year. The night before they were supposed to do the 400-mile trip, Lori started crying and told Michael, I don't want to go. Why don't you go without me? Michael was distraught. He was like, this is something we planned for the past year or so. Now you want me to go by myself? What the fuck? family hates me. I don't want to go. Please don't make me go. Please, baby. She just said crying. Michael sighed. was like, ah, fine. I'll go by myself. After going and staying with his brother and his fiance for the next five days and being part of the wedding, he had started to think about how his life was going. When he was up in Seattle, he had even talked to his uncle about the military. His dad has, all, his dad has always, always pushed him to join the, join the Air Force, but Michael had always been against it. With things being the way they were in his life, currently he thought, what the hell, might as well get some information. He asked his uncle a bunch of questions, and his uncle told him quite a bit about what the military had to offer. Although he was, he had really made up his mind, he thought, hmm, maybe I should consider this. When he returned home in Montana, the house was empty, and he thought that, he thought that, that was odd. He texted Laurie asking where everybody was. After all, it was a day when everybody would normally be home. She texted back that Amber and Dan had invited her to go to Billings, Montana for three or four days, and so she went. For Michael, that was definitely the last straw. In his mind, he was thinking, 
we had plans to go see my brother get married for over a year and you and she blew me off and then she goes on a trip with her friends michael texted his parents whom he had not been close with for a while and said dad i need to get out of here but i feel like i'm stuck the dad was like well what do you what do you want you to do michael responded i want to join the military i talked to uncle kenny about it only problem is i don't know what to do or, or how i can get out of the situation i'm in his dad responded if you're serious you can move in with us and work on getting in shape so you can get accepted by the military recruiter yeah dad but how the hell would i get out out of montana and make it to you guys though? his dad responded i'll overnight you a credit card for gas i'll also send you a printed off map quest directions from where you are to our house and i'll set up a hotel for you about the halfway point Michael sighed. Okay, Dad, let's do it. I definitely need to make a change. The way things are, the way things are right now in my life, it's just not working out. So I got to do something different. A few days later, Lori returned home and saw Michael packing his truck up and asked him what he was doing. He told her that he was leaving to head to his parents' house in Iowa. He said he was going to join the military and work on getting their life back in order. She laughed at him and told him, "You're not going to leave and join the military." Michael just sighed and said, "Oh, watch." Me. When he was living with his parents, Lori texted him and said she wanted a divorce. Michael was taken aback by this and asked what the reason was. He and Lori had swore to each other that, did, that they didn't believe in divorce after all. Lori said the reason for her wanting a divorce was because she felt Michael was emotionally abusive. Michael was like, um, okay, now wait a minute. I actually researched the definition of emotional abuse and it describes exactly what you've done to me. Regardless, there was no convincing her. So a few months at a few months later, after Michael lost weight and got in shape, he got accepted to the military. After basic training, he shipped off to tech school in San Angelo, Texas. During tech school, he started to fall into a depression and thought, I gotta find some way to lift myself up. Maybe I should find a church to join. Heck, maybe when I find one, I should join the choir. He looked up what churches were on base. He saw one that resonated with him and decided to attend the Sunday service. During the church service, he realized that he was that this was an all-black congregation and he was the only white individual in the church. He approached the minister afterwards and asked if they were looking for anyone in their choir and told him that he used to sing in the church choir when he was in high school. The minister told him to come back on Thursday the following week and he'd introduce him to the choir. Michael got there early that day and when he walked in, there was a white girl named Margaret sitting in the pew. He was like, hey, what's up? Is this sat beside her. He was surprised because Margaret Margaret was another white person. So basically, he and Margaret were the only two white people in the entire congregation. After practice that night, she invited him to watch a movie at her apartment. Despite his reservations, because he had just gone through his divorce with Lori, he decided to go ahead with it. Him and Margaret immediately hit it off. When he graduated tech school, the two of them were married, and they relocated to his first base in Maryland. Michael became an Air Force firefighter. Over the next year and a half, he and Margaret had a little girl together that they named Riley. When Michael met Margaret, she had a five-year-old girl, five-year-old little girl already that had never had any kind of relationship with her bio dad. Her five-year-old daughter's name was Lexi. Michael had come into the picture pretty much immediately saying he wanted to be Lexi's dad. Margaret had told him right from the start that she and Lexi were a package deal and he said, that's totally fine. After Riley was born, Michael finished out his term in the Air Force and got discharged. She moved, they moved to a rental house in, in Iowa. 
Margaret was working at a pizza place while Michael worked overnight security at a hospital. On his days off, every week, he was researching online how he might be able to work from home. You know, making better money and be a better provider for his family. After a few years in Iowa, he lost his job and was, was on unemployment for a year. During that year, he applied everywhere he could think of. He went through dozens of interviews and always heard the same thing. We've decided to go a different direction. Every one of those calls was like a dagger to the heart for him. All he ever wanted was to provide for his family. It took everything he had to keep pushing on. After about a year of being on unemployment, tons of applications and interviews and denials, he went to Margaret and was like, what do you think about, about this? Why don't we relocate out to Philly and live near your birth family? I haven't been able to find any work out here. Maybe we need a fresh start. and You would be able to, to be near your birth family. Margaret was like, oh, hell yeah. So they relocated. Things were great for a while. They moved into one rental house, which sadly was about three times the rent that they were paying in Iowa. Their intention when they moved was to get their credit in order and be able to buy a house within a year or two. Two years later, Michael had started working over the road as a truck driver because he hadn't been able to get hired anywhere else, and they still hadn't been able to get their credit to the point where they could buy a house. After those two years, their landlord decided to accept an offer of the house and sold it, giving them 30 days to move out. They were in another house for the next two years, with, with Michael now working as an independent contractor and making pretty decent money, but him and Margaret's relationship started, started to deteriorate. After coming home for his weekend at home each week and, and things not getting better, Michael suggested that they move to Tennessee, closer to where she had a friend that she had known for a while. He figured that way she could be happier because she would have someone to hang out with. The move went pretty smoothly. They got accepted into an apartment complex. Michael did what he could to help get the family settled, and then he went back to work. Over the next few years, Michael kept researching online during his off time while parked at various truck stops and was trying to figure out how he might not only make his wife happy, but also be happy himself. At one point, he finally decided that he couldn't take it anymore and decided to try to take a local job and be off the road. After being home for a year, he found out that his wife had not really been happy for a while. She, she had even debated the idea about divorcing him. The friend they lived close to in Tennessee joked with her that her husband probably enjoyed being over the road and being away all the time from home. When Michael found out about this and he realized that things were not good between him and Margaret, he explained that he only ever wanted what's best for them and Riley and Lexi. He only ever wanted to be the best provider possible and that trucking was the only thing that seemed to make the most sense to him. After so many interviews and so many rejections, he explained that he did what he did because he felt that it was the best way to give her what she wanted, which was as much money as possible as far as he, as far as he knew. Margaret broke down and told him that yes, she cared about money, but all she ever wanted was to be a team with him. She said she never signed up to be home alone on her own. Michael was like, I know, I know you and you and Bob thought I wanted to be away from home, but that's bullshit. I hated being away from you guys. It broke my heart every time I had to leave, but I did it because I felt that all you cared about was me bringing home and bringing home a lot of money. Margaret and Michael all started to work things out over the next few years. She told him that she had fallen out of love with him because of all the separation, but when he came home and was active with their, in their kids' lives, she saw how devoted he was and fell in love with him again. Things were never perfect, but they were better. She continued to work her job at the restaurant, and he continued to run 
the local route he ran as a local driver. Over the next few years, they would still go through a few trials, but would always find a way to work things out. All the while, he would continue to look for ways to make things better. Whether it be a better job, or online investments, or other ways that he can make things better for himself and his family. In the end, he finally, he finally got him and his family into the life he had been dreaming of for, for both of them. It had been a long-ass road to finally get there, but they had finally made it. Was it easy? Hell no. But he had done it. Along the way, there were definitely times when he had thought about taking the easy way out. Times when he thought that maybe he and his wife should go their separate ways. Maybe they'd be better off on their own, he thought. But he kept going. Kept trying. Never gave up. In the end, he achieved the things he dreamed of. In the end, they were finally where they wanted to be. They were finally happy. So as he lays in bed in his new family house, which he had dreamed about for 15 to 20 years, his mind immediately goes straight to what he'd say to any of his friends that might be going through the same thing that he had gone through. Bro, sis, I know your struggle. I know your pain. Believe me, I do. I've cried more times than I care to admit. I've wanted to give up more times than I can count. But I kept pushing up. I kept going. And you can too. If I can do it, you can do it. Be strong and keep pushing forward. As Michael and Margaret began their new life in the house that they dreamed of for the past 15 or so years, finally they were happy. They had achieved the life they were hoping for and could finally breathe. All that was left for them to do now was to take care of each other and be happy. The end. Well, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed the first edition of Storytime Friday. Uh, I'm kind of new to this, so of course, <clears throat> um, you know, I hope it sounded okay for you guys, you know, because I know there's a few, part, few parts of it where my voice cracked a little bit, you know, or actually just doing the story because that, this story I wrote kind of gets me emotional in some parts too, you know, just, you know, reading the story or whatever. But all in all, I kind of feel pretty good about it, and I hope you guys do too. And if you guys enjoyed it, I hope you guys come back, not only for, uh, you know, the... Uh, real talk on Tuesdays, but join me again on Fridays for the next round of Storytime Friday on the Vlog Show. So once again, I'm Chris. I'm your host. <clears throat> I appreciate you guys being here. Keep pushing forward. Keep believing. Uh, believe you can. Believe you will. If you're already halfway there. Uh, you know, all the usual stuff. If at first you don't succeed, try try again. <laughs> but otherwise, keep pushing forward. Keep trying, guys. You know, we only fail if we quit or give up. So... I appreciate you being here, and I will catch you guys next time. On the next episode will be the um, Real Talk Tuesday, but the next uh, story time will be next Friday. So tell your friends if you enjoyed it, and like, like, follow, and share this uh, this podcast, and come back and join me again, guys. We'll see you guys on the next Story Time Friday. Have a good one.